Good morning. Is it on? Is it on? Okay, it's on. Uh, my name is Jeremy Goodwin. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I am a senior at Bluestone High School. Yeah, you heard that right. Not Parkview. Um, I started coming to Olive Branch because I had a camp counselor named Jim Brady. He's just over there in uh, West Wing Baptist. Yeah, there you are. Um, he was a camp counselor of mine, and I was looking for a new church to go to. And he offered to take me here. And I've been coming here ever since. The rest is history, as they say. So before I get too far into uh, today, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about a real-life miracle that if anybody was watching CBS, you all witnessed. UVA made it to the national championship game. Woo! Go Wahoos! Um, So now let's get serious and uh, let's pray for today's sermon. Dear Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to stand before your congregation and preach your word, Lord. Let my words be your words and my message be your message, Lord. Uh, Let the congregation have the ears to listen and the eyes to see this morning. And let every word that you say through me be heard throughout this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Today's uh, message is going to be called Walking with Lions, and if you couldn't guess by the title, it's going to be in Daniel chapter 6, and it's going to be about the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Um, and what I want you guys to think, have in the back of your mind is this phrase, faith above all and above all faith. So as we're going through this scripture, just think about those words. So, Daniel was faced with this type of lion. This is the Asiatic lion, which is about two times bigger than your typical African lion, which is what you see on like Discovery Channel. So these guys can get up to 9.2 feet, 500 pounds, and their bite is 1,000 pounds per square inch, which could basically break your leg off with a little nibble. And so Daniel, you'll see, faces this with such grace and the terror that could be given by these lions. So if you will, turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, and we're just going to go through this together. Um, Verses 1 through 3 say, Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, stationed throughout the realm, and over them three administrators, including Daniel. These satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Daniel distinguished distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. So here you can see that Daniel is the best. Daniel is the best that the king can get. And that's what we should all strive for. We should all strive to be the best that anyone can get in whatever your talent is. So it says in Colossians 3.23 through 24, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as someone something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive a reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. And Morgan mentioned that in her children's sermon. So we should all be doing exactly what we're doing to the best of our abilities. We should never be doing anything halfway because you're serving the Lord. You're not serving your boss. It's all for the Lord and his glory. So moving on to verses 4 through 9, it goes on and says, the administrators and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or or corruption, for he was trustworthy, and no negligence or corruption was found in him. 
Then these men said, we will, find, we will never find any charge against Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So I'm going to stop right there for a second. Because if you didn't already like the jealousy of these satraps and advisors, this kind of puts the icing on the cake. They said that they couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel regarding his character or his law-abidingness. So now they're going to try and find something and make it illegal because they know he's going to never betray his God. So his most rewarding uh, trait is what they're going to try and use against him, which is a little bit shady, I guess. So uh, it goes on in verse 6 and says, So the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said to him, May King Darius live forever. All the administrators of the kingdom, the perfects, the satraps, advisors, and governors have agreed that this king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days, anyone who petitions any god or man, except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty, establish the edict and sign the document so that as a law of the Medes and Persians, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the document. So I don't think, you can look at this two ways. You can look at this as King Darius is prideful and he wants to be the ruler of the kingdom and nobody should question that, not even a god. Or you can look at this as the satraps are now trying to trick their king into essentially killing Daniel by throwing him in the lion's den. And that's the way I choose to look at this passage of scripture because King Darius, it is said that Daniel was, King Darius is basically right-hand man. He was going to make him over all of the kingdom just under Darius. And now these satraps are like, oh, we can't let that happen. He's a Jew. He's not even supposed to be here. And so they, sign, they get him to sign this document. And he's a king. And all kings want is more power. So he's like, wow, this gives me a lot more power. I'll take it. So in King Darius's position, I'd say he's just being a king at this point. So now we're going into a different theme that is going to be pretty evident throughout the rest of this story, and that theme is jealousy. These satraps are jealous of Daniel because Daniel is doing their job much better than them, and they all want to be Daniel, but they don't want to work like Daniel's working. So 1 Corinthians 3.3 3 says, Because you're so fleshly, for since there is envy and strife among you, you are, not, are you not fleshly and living like unbelievers? Another version says, Because you're still made of flesh, you are filled with jealousy. So as humans, it is our instinct to be filled with jealousy over something that we can't have or we don't have and we want. But it is the grace of God and God in us that ch chooses how we react to that jealousy. So going on to Daniel 6, 10 through 12, we are going to see the same theme of jealousy. And it says, When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house, the windows in its upper room pointed toward Jerusalem, and Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and employing his God, so they approached the king and asked about his edict. 
didn't you sign that edict, an edict that for 30 days, a man, any man who petitions a god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, as a law of Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. So still, King Darius is oblivious to what's going on and what's being conspired against Daniel at this point. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I signed that, obviously. You were there with me. And so the satraps are kind of weaseling their way into saying, well, Daniel is doing exactly what you told us not to do. And it goes on in verses 13 through 15. It says, then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you. The king and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Then these men went to the king and said to him, You as king know it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. So this is kind of where Darius is like, wow, they, they just pulled one over on me. And it says as soon as he heard this, he was very displeased. He was mad. He was mad at the satraps because they made it to where now he basically has to kill his right-hand man. He has to throw him in the lion's den. And the only hope for him at this point is God. So he, it says he tries every, he made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Because sundown is when it's the day, the day is done. He has to make the decision right then. And so I think the men gave, them that, gave him that time just kind of out of like spite. Like, oh, you wanted to put him there, so we'll make you, we'll let you do all that. But there's nothing that you can really do because you have to throw him in the lion's den. So we go on, and this is the meat of the story. This is the lion's den. This is what everybody reads the story for because this is where the miracle happens. So in verses 16 through 18, it says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. So this just shows that King Darius was reluctant at first about sending Daniel into the lion's den. And now he is remorseful because now Daniel is in the lion's den. It says he did not eat. He fasted all night and no diversions were brought to him. So nothing could get his mind off of how hungry he was because, because he's making himself fast because he threw Daniel in the lion's den. So another interesting point to mention here is that Daniel... It doesn't say that Daniel fought against the guards to go into the lion's den or resisted at all. It, we're led to believe that Daniel kind of just walked in there willingly and that he had this grace on the outside and faith on the inside, which is what we all need going through day-to-day life. We all need to be graceful on the outside and not let the world see if it gets to us. And then we need to have faith on the inside that God will prevail through everything. So, it goes on in verses 19 through 24 and says, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. The king 
the king said, has your God, whom you serve continually, be able to rescue you? So I'm just going to stop right there for a second and just point out one word, anguish. Darius was crying out in anguish to Daniel because he was so distraught that his satraps made him throw, like, I, like I've said repeatedly, his right-hand man at this point, in the lion's den. That his advisors would go against his every will just for jealousy and for prideful purposes. So it then goes on in verses 21 through 24 and says, Then Daniel spoke with the king, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. They haven't hurt me, for I was found innocent before him. Also, I have not committed any crime against you, my king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, uninjured, for he trusted his God. The king then gave the command, and those men who who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. So these men, what goes around comes around is what what I have written on my notes. They wanted Daniel to go into the lion's den for no purpose other than he believed in his God and did not want to betray his God. And now they realized that his God was the real God and they're stuck here looking foolish, and King Darius is very mad at this point. And so maybe it's a little bit overkill to throw their children and their wives in there, but it made the point that you can't, you can't do that. So what's really great is that Daniel doesn't hesitate to give all glory directly to God. He could have made up a bunch of stories about how he did there. Nobody was in the lion's den with him, so nobody saw how he did it. He just survived the lions. So you could have been like, wow, you must have fed them a lot before I got in here because they didn't want to eat me or I outran them or I outwitted them. But no, he said, God sent an angel down and shut their mouths. So King Darius was then reluctant at the beginning and now he's overjoyed. It says overjoyed when he finds out that Daniel is alive. And at this point, it's evident that God will always prevail no matter what circumstances you find yourself in. Daniel had this everlasting faith that he was going to get out of that because his God was real. So going on, after this, everybody is, I mean, it's obvious that our God is the living God and the everlasting God. So King Darius writes a decree that says, And it goes on and says, Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live in all the earth, may your prosperity abound. I issued a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, for he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and Cyrus the Persian. So Darius at this point is like, wow, Daniel's God is the real God. The Persian empire was not a, Jew, a Jewish empire. It was, they practiced a religion called Zoroastrianism, which is the opposite of Judaism, basically. 
And so for Darius to step back from his, from what he knows and say, wow, God, this God is real, just shows that Daniel's faith that his God will lead him through, shone through in the end, and everybody saw it. And the last sentence of this, which is really easy to skip over if you're not reading carefully, says, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So he not only lasted throughout the rest of King Darius's reign, but he lasted throughout the reign of the next king, which even if you're Persian and not there because you got exiled there, was hard to do. Kings could be flighty. They could want their own people in there, which makes sense. But Daniel prospered because he believed that God would lead him through anything and everything that he got put into. So, you guys might be thinking, well, that's all fine and dandy, but we're not going to be thrown in any lion's dens because that hasn't happened since Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. And you're right. There's not really any lion's dens, maybe other than like at the zoo. But you got to think, what has God delivered you from that you couldn't have gotten through without his strength? A very evident point in my life that God got me through that, if you know me, I've probably talked to you about it before, is when I lost my best friend two Novembers ago in a tragic way. And during that point, I was at the lowest point that I've ever been in my life. I really, I mean, nothing made sense at that point. And I really couldn't have gotten through that without the strength that God gave me and the strength that I got from fellow Christians. And I probably wouldn't be standing before you guys today delivering this message because I just wouldn't be the same person. So one thing that I want you guys to think about is when your back is against the wall, where are you going to turn? When your back is against the wall and nothing seems right and everything that way is dangerous and you can only stay in this one spot because you're pinned down, you're going to turn to earthly things, things that will maybe work for now, but later on they're not going to really give you any joy or satisfaction? Or are you going to turn your eyes up to heaven and to God and realize that that's the only way that you can get through this? So going back to the thing, to the saying that I said before, faith above all and above all faith. Daniel during this story had faith like no one else. Anybody else that was faced with these lions would have shown fear, would have questioned their God, how could you put me in this position? How could you let this happen to me when I've been truthful to you my whole life? What you need to remember is that Daniel has been this kind of Christian for most of his life. He was exiled at the age, at, between the age of 10 and 20. It's not really precise, but he was exiled then, and at that point, he was still a devout Christian. He was best friends with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were thrown into the fire. So he's seen these kinds of cruel things happen to Jews just because they're Jews, and they weren't going to like bow down to anybody but their God. And he still decides, yep, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to be faithful, just like God has been faithful to me. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for letting me be your vessel to speak your words to these people, Lord. Lord, I pray that 
at least one person. If just one person got my message today, Lord, then my job as your servant is complete here. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, you bless each and every one of them, Lord. Let us all get home safe, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. The altar will be open if anybody wants to come as the band plays this last song.